listening and have a dope day. Good morning, good morning. Welcome to What Would Kay Say? I am your host, Kay Edwards. So, how are all God's blessed and highly favored people doing today? How are, are, his, how are all his wonderfully and fearfully made people doing today? Blessed and favored in Jesus' name, I'm sure. So let's just get down to business. How was your week? And did you get a chance to think about what we were discussing last week? Now, for those of you who missed last week's show, you can find it on my show page at RadioFreeBrooklyn.com. Go to What Would Kay Say? And 
it will be posted there in the archives. You can also access last week's show and all my other shows on Spotify, on Apple, and on all other podcast platforms. So, I want to take a moment just to go over a little bit of what we talked about last week. And it's not going to be, it's not going to talk about everything, but it's going to lead into what we're going to talk about today. And the reason why I want to do this is because this is something that I want to make sure that everyone understands and knows what God is looking for from you, from me, in this year. And can I say, it's not only for this year, but it's for this year and going forward. Because once you've chosen to follow what God is saying, you can never go back. Well, let me not, not, let me not say never go back. You can always go back to whatever you want to go back. But in your mind, you can never go back and say you weren't aware. That's what, because we could go back and do whatever actions we feel to do. But when you think about it, there's no way that you can say, oh, I was, I didn't know. Because like, I'm going to, I'm going to quote a line from Janet Jackson. One of her songs, she said, once you know, you can never not know. And that's the, and that is true talk. Think about it. Once you know something, can you ever say you could always say, let me, let me back up. Once you know something, you can never not know it. You could always say you didn't know it. We could say whatever we want, but we can't really in reality when we look at ourselves, we can't say, oh, no, I, I, I didn't know that because you do know it. And because this alignment that God is trying to establish in our lives is so important to everything that he has positioned in our lives and in the universe. We're going to continue in this movement until the Holy Spirit tells me to stop. So today. We're going to expand upon what we started last week and explore the topic, what does alignment look like? Because it's easy for me to say, God wants you to be in alignment. And I give you the definition, right? Because we know we kept alignment as our word for the month and we already, we have the meaning. Alignment means a position of agreement or Alliance. But what does that look like in a person? What does that really look like just with yourself? How would you know that you're in alignment? So we're going to talk about that today. And I'm going to start out with something in the physical realm. And if any of you have ever taken a yoga, a yoga class, or any type of, even if you do a regular exercise, there's certain exercises, not just yoga. I use yoga because in yoga, they do talk about a lot of your, your body being in alignment, positioning a certain way. But even if you do regular exercises, there's certain forms and positions that you need to be in, 
in order to execute that exercise successfully and have it give you the results that you're doing the exercise for. So when you do, when the yoga instructor talks about alignment, they're referring to your head being in position with the rest of your body. Just as I said, when you're doing any exercise, your head has to be positioned in a certain way. Your shoulders have to be positioned in a certain way. Sometimes your shoulders have to be back, standing up straight, which makes your spine go into alignment, which then throws your hips into alignment because you're standing feet spread X amount of inches apart so that you're balanced, right? Because if you're not balanced and you go to do something, you can fall and hurt yourself or you can pull a muscle and hurt yourself. So that whole alignment from the head, shoulders, spine, hips, knees, ankles, feet, everything has to be in the form, in the correct form for you to be able to execute whatever that next move is. Well, taking it to the spiritual realm, being in spiritual alignment is something just like that as well. It's when you, okay, the ultimate result of you knowing that you're feeling like you're in spiritual alignment is when everything in your life falls into place just as you wanted it to. And that everything might be the thoughts you thought about, the choices that you made, the steps that you took to follow to get where you are, all those things come into alignment with the values that you set for yourself. So when we think about being in spiritual alignment, it has to do with, okay, what in your core, what in your spirit, what are you following in there? What have you placed in your spirit that's leading you in a certain direction? When we listen to that small voice telling us to make a certain move in a certain direction, whose voice is that you're listening to? If we're listening to God's voice and doing what he's given us to do, then we're lined up spiritually. When we've completed the task that he's given us to do, it gives us a sense of accomplishment. Like, okay, I did that. And when you're doing it, after you get that sense of accomplishment, you're not feeling stressed or anxiety or doubt. You're feeling calm and free and, okay, I did it. I stepped out on faith. I believe this is what he told me to do, and I did it. Even when the task that he tells you to do doesn't make sense to our natural senses. So, when you think about the alignment, and I said listening to that voice. Now, here, here's the caveat to that. Because you could think you're listening to that voice. 
and it could not be the voice. And I'm not saying that the voice is leading you to do something wrong because there are things that we could do that keep us from being in alignment with God, even though it seems like it's the right thing to do. And sometimes we're not even aware that when we're doing that particular task, that it's taking us out of alignment. Because it could take on so many different forms. And the number one, the number one thing that I feel, for me personally, that throws alignment off is because we're dealing with life every day. And when you're dealing with life and the situations that life bring, that right there can throw your alignment off. And sometimes life can be quite difficult and daunting at times. I mean, life is not easy. Let, let's just fa- let's just get that right out right from the start. Life is not easy. And yes, Jesus told us that it wasn't, it wasn't going to be easy. He knew that, hence the reason of why he had to come. He had to come so he could see what it felt like to be us. He saw it firsthand. So that's why he was able to say about the troubles that we were going to see. But we have hope because he overcame all the troubles. So, I will go as far, I will go as far to say that usually we have the issues of life when we haven't listened to what the Lord told us to do. Because when you listen to what he told us to, when when you listen to what he has told you to do, and I know that that could be a difficult task sometimes, that could be difficult sometimes. And I'm saying that speaking from experience. So don't think that when I'm talking, like I said, every time I'm talking to you, I'm not talking to you like I'm standing someplace lofty. Oh, you people need to just do. No, I'm right down there with you screaming. I don't want to do that. Hey, my hand is up. Yes, me, pick me. I don't want to do it. I volunteer to not do it. But when we do it, we'll notice that the rest of our lives will fall into place. And I'm going to give you some examples of that. Not being in alignment, like I said, could be that you're not doing the last thing that God told you to do. And you're doing everything else but. For example, you're working in the food pantry on Saturdays. You're visiting the sick and the shut-in. You're doing grocery shopping for the elderly people in your neighborhood. Now, I know you're probably saying, well, what's wrong with that? How is that keeping me out of alignment? Well, ask yourself, did God tell you to work in the food pantry? Or did he tell you to cook meals for the church in their outreach ministry? Did he tell you to volunteer at the youth center? 
Or for some of you, for some of you, because that right there could be a stretch, but for some of you, did he tell you to choose whom you would serve this day? Has God been knocking on the door of your heart saying, hey, you're coming to me for this, but yet you're doing everything out there for that. I don't know what he told you. I don't know what he's told each and every one of you as individuals, because I can only hear what he tells me. And like I said, I'm right down there in the group with you guys raising my hand. No, I don't want to do it. So when you finally take a minute, figure out what he's told you to do, figure out what your directive was, and do it, then that's when you'll be in alignment and that's when your life will fall into place. You'll notice the pieces of your life will start to fall in place. But let me say this. It's not going to come overnight. It's not like, oh, okay, I followed what God said I had to do. So boom, bang. Now everything in my life should be straight. Mm -mm. Remember, there's the reaping and the sowing. Because if you've been sowing all them other seeds of not being in alignment, and yes, we know in the blink of an eye, God can change a situation. We do know that. Sometimes he does that. Sometimes he doesn't. Right? We all know we have friends that will come to us and say, you would not believe what God did. And I was. And then we're standing there like. Well, did he not hear me? But then you have to catch yourself. Of course, you're happy for them, but you're still like, okay. but you have to remember, maybe they started getting in alignment way before you decided to get into alignment. So, of course, their time. It's over. So they've gotten to the point where they're walking straight with him again. Whereas you, you're still trying to clean up the mess that you did from before. And the mess not being, like I said, doesn't have to be swinging from a chandelier, but the mess of, the mess of, oh, oh, I volunteer not to do it. That simple. Something that simple. But can I tell you, not only not doing what we're told will throw us into not being in alignment with God, but also what we say can throw us out of alignment. When we speak against whatever the Bible tells us is true, That's throwing you out of alignment. Listen, did you know that you could ask for something? Having the faith and believing in it. Like, yeah, God's going to give it to me, blah, blah, blah. And in the next breath, begin speaking against what you just prayed and asked for. Without even really thinking about it. 
And we know that James always told us we have power in our tongues. And our tongues, the words we speak, can bring life or death. So our words can throw us out of alignment. So in order to remain in alignment with God, we must be still, listen, and follow. Psalm 46.10 tells us, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. So when we're still and we listen to what he's saying to us, and we're able to follow and understand which direction is next for us in our lives, that's when we can say we're on the road to being in alignment. And I'm going to say this again because I want everyone to understand it's not easy. I will be the first one to tell you that's not easy. Some may say, oh, yes, it is. All you have to do is, but for those who feel that it is easy and all you have to do is, I say to you, God bless you. And I say, God bless you because you've gotten it. You're there. You totally understand what you have to do. But you can't compare what you have to do to what somebody else has to do. You don't know where they are in their spiritual walk. And all of us started out on different spiritual walks. And when I say spiritual walks, I'm not talking about, oh, you now get an epiphany and you want to work in your purpose. No. When I say spiritual walk, I'm talking about just the foundation that you have or understanding who God is. All of us don't start from the same place. All of us don't start out knowing that God loves us unconditionally. All of us don't start out from a place of You don't have to do anything for salvation. Some of us start out from places of if you do good deeds, you'll be blessed. And that's not true. That's not okay. Let me let me back up. Let me not say that's not true because I'll always have somebody saying, well, what does she mean by? okay? because everybody's with semantics these days and. Everything has to be said so precisely. And when I say things, I'm giving you a generalization for you to figure it out. But some people maybe can't just figure it out that easy. So I'm going to break it down. It's not your works that gets you into heaven. It's not your works. I don't care how many old ladies you cross across the street. That's not going to get you kudos in heaven. Without. Without accepting his son. That's what gets you into heaven. Now, if you accept his son because his son came here so he could walk to see what we were living through so that he can then hop up on that cross. And I say hop up. We know he didn't hop up, but I say hop up because his spirit was, 
let me get up here and get this over with so I can go home. I'm sure, even though Jesus was walking down here, this is just my own interpretation, so don't say, she's misquoting the Bible. This is my own interpretation. I'm sure that when he walked amongst us, him being God, every day he was shaking his head like, oh my goodness, this is chaos. Even though he didn't show it to us, he showed us love, he taught us, he gave us the right principles to follow. But I'm sure in his mind, he was like, what the... What is going on here? These people. So, unless you have accepted his son, because that was the price that was paid for your sins, then as many old ladies as you crossed across the street, sure, you're going to get points for that. Of course, you're going to get brownie points. Oh, how that's so sweet. She helped the old lady cross the street. But just helping the old lady across the street in and of itself? No. And I'm sure there will be some that can argue that point with me. Well, they could argue the point, but it won't be with me because I'm not going to argue. I'm going to tell you what I believe. I'm going to tell you what I follow. And it's up to you to make your own choices. I can't tell you what choice to make. I know what I believe. The only way you get to heaven is through his son. Now, if other people have other ways that they want to try, let them have at it. I can only tell you what I know. I can only give you what I know. And then it's for you to make the choice. Because remember, we all have free will, free choice. So it's all up to us ultimately to do whatever it is that we want to do. We could decide to do whatever it is that we want to do. Ultimately, it's all up to us. So. In conclusion, I say to be spiritually aligned is to continue to walk in his words, his visions, and understanding that God has given to you. Now, there's the general, we read the Bible, that's general for everybody to follow, but then there's words that he gives to you personally. I don't know what he says to you, just like you don't know what he says to me, even though some of you may think, oh, well, he didn't tell her to do that. Why is she? You don't know what he told me to do. And that's where we get caught up of being out of alignment too. Trying to tell others what God might have said to them or how they should be doing it. No one knows but you. And the only way you're going to get clarity is to go to him first. And then, yes, he'll give you the confirmation, even either through his word or through someone speaking a word into your life like me talking to you right now on the radio. This might be a word for somebody where some of you may be sitting back saying, why is she talking like that? Why is she going there? It's not for you. And there could be somebody else listening and saying, oh my God, thank you. I needed to hear her say that. Somebody understands how I feel. Everything that comes out of a preacher's mouth, out of a pastor's mouth, out of a cardinal's mouth, out of a minister's mouth, Unless it's a general, may God bless you, may he allow his face to shine upon you. No one can tell you exactly what God said to you in your spirit. So. If we listen to what God has told us in his word. 
coupled with the visions that he's given you for your life. With the understanding of all that put together. And you following. Then you're moving towards being in alignment. Keep moving forward, not allowing yourself to get stuck in what you're doing of your own volition. But moving forward, guarding your words that only you speak, right? Because nobody else can speak for you, but it's the words that come out of your mouth that will bring life or death. So only speak truth that brings light. All the while you're doing this, all the while you're doing this, no matter how chaotic it may seem at the moment, because remember, you're in it. You're down there. You're in it. All the while you're doing this, he's keeping your mind in perfect peace. Because he said he would never leave you or forsake you, right? So he's keeping your mind in perfect peace while you're doing all of that. And with that, I say it's time for us to take a music break. You've been listening to What Would Kay Say here on Radio Free Brooklyn, What Brooklyn Sounds Like. Just ask the waves If they are still at the mention of his name They'll say my God is still the same Ask the walls If they still fall at the mighty sound of praise They'll say my God is still the same When did he break his promise? When did his kindness fail?
a thousand words won't be enough to sing the praise of my Savior, of my Savior. He who was and is to come, the risen King, holds all power, holds all power. Only you are holy, mighty, worthy of glory. We will praise you now. Only you are awesome, righteous, King in the heavens. We will crown you now. Our defender, our strong tower, Jehovah, Jehovah. You are for us, not against us, Jehovah. Never change, will never fade. I'm surrounded. I'm surrounded. In the tent, filled with lions, you shut their mouths. I walk freely. I walk freely. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. You are listening to What Would Kay Say here on Radio Free Brooklyn. Before I go into op-ed, there's something that the Holy Spirit wants me to tell all of you, and I don't know who this is for. When I was talking about the alignment and the little things that we feel don't matter but can hold us back from 
being in alignment with God, the Holy Spirit is telling me, remind them of unforgiveness. If you're harboring unforgiveness against anyone in your heart, that's going to keep you out of alignment with God. You have to release that. Because like I know you've always heard, when you forgive someone, it's not for them. It's for you. Because you're carrying that weight of constantly replaying whatever it is that they did to you over and over and over. And if your mind is constantly stuck on what someone did to you, then how could you have room to hear, to do, to understand what God is trying to tell you? Unforgiveness has to be released. And we pray right now in the Holy Spirit, we pray in Jesus' name that anyone harboring unforgiveness, Lord, they will release it. They will release it because they want to release themselves and be free so that they can hear you, so that they can hear your voice of what you're telling them. Because the same way they're holding that against that person, you could have held that against us. Because there's things that we've done that we don't know that we've done. And sometimes some of these people don't even know that they've wronged you. They're not even aware that they've wronged you, but you're still holding this against them. And I don't know who this is for, but God is saying, let it go. Let it go. Because if you don't let it go, you can't ever be in alignment with me because you can't hear me. You can't hear me because you're still playing over that incident that happened to you. It could be from childhood. It could be something from childhood. It could be something now in your adulthood. I don't know what it is, but even things that happened in your, anything that happened in your past, because unforgiveness comes from things that has happened in the past, because it's not something that happened right now, because if something happens right now, you're like, oh, you're upset. But if three weeks from now, you're still thinking about it, three weeks from now, which is the future, it will then be the past, right? That it happened. God's saying, let it go. Whatever has happened in your past, bring it to me. I will take it. I will resolve that issue for you. You can't resolve that issue on your own. Bring it to me. I can handle it. And that is the only way you're going to hear me speaking to you. Because you can't hear me speaking to you because your thoughts in your mind of you playing this thing over and over and over is so loud. It's, it's, it's quenching my voice. So I don't know who that's for, but as I was listening to the songs playing and the words that were, that was being said, the Holy Spirit was telling me, yeah, you told them about alignment, how to get in alignment, how the words of their mouth will hold them back, but you didn't talk. You didn't touch the biggest and heaviest thing that's keeping a lot of my people out of alignment, unforgiveness. So whoever that's for, let it go. God's saying, let it go. He's got it. Give it to him. Let him deal with that person. Let him deal with that situation. Let him deal with it. He can deal with it better. And I can attest to that. I can attest to that. No one but God can handle a situation 
when it comes to something that you're angry with or somebody that you feel has wronged you, only he can give them what they deserve. You can't give them what they deserve or what you feel they deserve. Only God said, vengeance is mine. Vengeance is mine. And sometimes the vengeance that we want to inflict on people, that's not the right way to do it. But when God gets a hold of somebody, and you can say this as a testimony in your own life, because when he got a hold of you, hmm, some of us kind of forget where we came from and what he did to get a hold of us. So if you just remember your incident and how he got a hold of you, because not all of us, like I said, not all of us had been, oh, just following God from the beginning and never had any evil thoughts and never wished Wish that something, you know, not all of us are like that. And for those of you who are walking like that, like I said, God bless you. But for those of us who are human and had to have Jesus come down here to save us, because if it weren't for him, hmm, we'd all be feeling kind of hot right now. I say, let him do it. Just remember, remember what it was that, how it got you to come. Let him deal with it that way. Because once he deals with them, all that that they did, trust me, it's going to come tumbling down on them. Because he doesn't let anybody forget anything. But he will take it from you so that you can now move forward because you're in him. So why are you still carrying it if he got up on that cross to carry it for you? Let it go. Holy Spirit's telling me to tell you to let it go. And then you'll start to see your peace come. And then you can start walking in alignment with the Lord. Okay. So now we're to the part of the show that I call op-ed. And in op-ed today, I was going to talk about how our country is (laughs) totally out of alignment. Let's start with. What are these classified documents doing in Biden's offices, in his home, in his garage, near his Corvette, all this other kind of stuff? But you know what? When I think about it, and yes, when you first hear it, you're like, oh, my gosh, what is happening? What is happening? Every time you turn around, somebody has a classified document someplace it shouldn't be. But you know what it brought to my mind? During the pandemic, How many people were working from home and how many people are still working from home? Don't you think that the jobs that they're doing, some of the documents and papers and stuff that they're dealing with with individuals could be classified? Like, okay, classified, anybody could classify anything as classified. Just because it says classified, it's not only the United States government that has classified documents. Right. It's not just them. They're not the only ones who have important papers that they don't want everybody else to know about. We ourselves as individuals have important papers that we don't want everybody to find out about. We could look at our own mail and say, this is classified. It's classified for me. It's not classified on the highest level of the government. No, but there's stages of classification. So all these people working from home. Are there classified documents in their homes now? If the company were to really look and say, hmm, this is this 
material, this information belongs to XYZ company, but it's now sitting at 123 Main Street. Is that a classified document? And I'm just saying, just to give you something to think about. It's just something to think about. With all these people working from home, how many classified documents do they have in their homes? And it's not saying that to give Biden and Trump and whoever else got documents that they're not in their house yet because they're not in the spotlight. It's not to give them a pass. But it's just to say sometimes information needs to stay where where it should be. Right? I mean, because, okay, just think about it. When those boxes are moved, right, when you have movers and you have a ton of boxes all piled up someplace, you think the movers are reading those boxes saying, oh, this is classified, don't take this? Who was the person that was supposed to be standing around watching the movers as they were carrying stuff out? Who was that person? Why weren't they on their post saying, oh, no, those boxes don't go. They stay here. Those boxes go. When movers come, you know, if it's not nailed down, they're taking it because they don't care where it's going. They're shoveling it in the back of their truck, moving it to wherever, and then shoveling it off the truck, dumping it wherever you want it to be dumped. They don't care what's in the box. They could care less what's in the box. All they want to know is that, you got there three fifty an hour. That's it. Do you have my cash? What box you want moved? Do you have my cash? That's it. I don't care what's in the box. So do you think they're actually reading? Oh no, this box is classified. We don't. Should we take this? It says classified. Nobody's doing that. Nobody's doing that. They barely read the boxes that say fragile. Don't break my dishes. Hello. Come on now. So it just it just makes us think. It just makes it just makes brings more awareness to. When we're doing things, just as individuals, things that we just totally took for granted, not paying attention to, oh, yeah, I could take this paper home. It's no big deal. It's a big deal. Now it's a big deal. Now it's a big deal because, oh, he has, now he has boxes. This one had boxes. This one, and what's on these papers that's so classified? I want to know. But then again, I can't know because they were classified, right? But obviously it couldn't have been that top secret because they were sitting in places where they shouldn't have been. So why can't I know? It almost makes you say, well, then why can't I know? If they were sitting in the closet in a garage, then why can't I know? Hmm. So now, also, we have George Santos. Now, this, this one, this story, classic to me. Classic. Whenever I think about it, I, I chuckle. When did lying just become so... Now, don't get me wrong. People have been lying since the day of the flood, right? Because when Noah told him it was going to rain, they they told him he was lying because they didn't know what he was talking about. But when did lying just become a thing that we could just do this and it's okay? Now, okay, in all fairness, in all fairness, I'm sure some of you have embellished on your resumes a time or two said that you might have did extra duties that you really didn't do, but, you know, you just kind of padded it in with the rest of the duties that you did. But this man, he didn't just, they want to say, air quotes, embellish, you know, make it seem like, yes, I, I was a manager over, I don't know. He didn't say something like, oh, I had, 
X amount of employees working for me. No. He said he graduated from a college that he probably never even stepped foot in the door. I wonder if he even knows the address of where the college is located. And not only did he graduate from there, but he was a star on the volleyball team. He didn't just say he was a, he played on the volleyball team, but I was the star. I cooked, I kicked that last winning goal that gave us the championship. No, I don't know if he said all that, but he might as well have said it with everything else that's on there. Why not? If you're going to, if you're going to do it, do it right. And see, that's what he's did. His whole attitude was, well, heck, if I'm going to do it, I might as well do it all the way to the max. Yeah, I worked for this person. Yeah, I worked for this company. Yeah, I was over this amount of accounts. Yes, my parents, my great, 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 great grandparents were in the Holocaust. <gasps> now, that's where he crossed the line. Don't ever open your mouth and say anything about the Holocaust if you don't have receipts to back it up. Are you kidding me? That was probably what got him caught. Not everything else he lied about. They could care less because they figure, ah, politicians lie all the time. What? He said, Holocaust? Check into, check into that story. That's what got him busted. Lying about his affiliation to the Holocaust. But here's the craziest part of it all. You know, before everybody runs for anything, the first thing they want to do is what dirt do you, what skeletons do you have in your closet? Because we don't want those skeletons to come tumbling out. Get in office first, then you can have the skeletons tumble out. We don't care about the skeletons once you're sitting in the seat, but don't let them come out before. He told his people, sure, go ahead, check into my background. So what? Check into my background. Knowing, knowing that he had lied on the resume. There were campaign members that quit because they were like, you can't go out there and say this. You can't go out there on this platform and act as though you're. And he looked at them like, hmm, watch me, watch me do it and watch me get elected. (laughs) And guess what? By George, he did just that. He went out there. He stood on that resume just as proud. And he got elected. And not only did he get elected, but he got sworn in. And you want to know something? He was the deciding vote for McCarthy to get that gavel. Oh, my gosh. Could you imagine? Could you imagine? The one that did the most lying and cheating and everything else on his resume was the one that cast that final vote to get that gavel for McCarthy to be Speaker of the House. It was his vote that got him over. See how things work? (gasps) It looks like my time is growing short. And I didn't even get through everything in op-ed. But I guess that was enough, right? That was enough to tell you. But let me just tell you this, because I do have to tell you this. The Bible tells us, but know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come. For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power. And from such people turn away. The Bible tells us that in 2 Timothy 3, 1 to 5. There, so there you have it, people. He said it. And that ends up, Ed. 
I don't want to leave without saying the word of the month, which we know is alignment, which we must keep focused on and everything that we've talked about. And I'll promise our promise for this week is going to be Second Chronicles 2420. Then the spirit of God came upon Zechariah, the son of Jehoiada, the priest. I hope I said his name right. Who stood above the people and said to them, thus says the Lord. Why do you transgress the commandments of the Lord so that you cannot prosper? Because you have forsaken the Lord, he also has forsaken you. And with that, I say have a wonderful, blessed Sunday. It's cold outside here in the Northeast, so bundle up. COVID, flu, everything else is still out there. Germs are having a field day. Wear your mask, wash your hands, social distance, or don't wear your mask. But whatever, protect yourself. Whatever you have to do to protect yourself, do it. And I want to say peace to all of you. And until God brings us together again next week, have a blessed Sunday.
This is how I think.